Today's episode is sponsored by More Labs. More Labs offers vegan and gluten-free supplements with proven ingredients to help you fight everyday stressors. Hangovers can be rough. Morning recovery is designed to reduce the negative effects after drinking and boost your body's natural response to post-alcohol recovery. Aqua Plus Probiotics and Aqua Plus Immunity are hydration mix options to help with gut health or immune health. Lacking energy? Check out Liquid Focus, a better-for-you energy drink that's designed to boost focus and provide clean, smooth energy. Sleep is the key to the best version of yourself, so try Dream Well, a holistic shot made to help you fall asleep quickly and give you a better night's rest. Can't decide? The Life Hack Pack is a variety pack containing their morning recovery, liquid focus, and dream well. Use the code GJWT to get 20% off when you check out at morelabs.com. That's GJWT at morelabs.com. Hello everyone, I'm Diana. And I'm Naomi. And this is Girls Just Want to Thrive. It's a lifestyle podcast where we talk to women who are thriving not only in their careers, but in life. We'll discuss current and relevant topics in beauty, wellness, dating and relationships, and self-care. We would love for you to join our new community for uplifting women from all walks of life. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to be the first to hear new episodes every week. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we have a special guest, Ashley Dozier, owner of Anuket Luxury Apothecary. Ashley, thank you for joining us today. Of course. I'm excited. Well, we love to start off our podcast by having our interview guests give us a little bit of background on themselves. And so if you could provide some insight before you started your business and then what led you down that path to create your business? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, My background is actually in public health, so it's not anything that I'm doing currently, but I worked in that field for about a decade, um, kind of in the education and public health side of things at universities and at the CDC. Uh, And then I lost my job because of budget cuts and switched gears and started kind of on my entrepreneurship path, Uh, owned a couple of businesses and um, was in a relationship at the time. Unfortunately, that relationship turned abusive and I had to get out of it, but it was a one of those good pivotal turning points in my life where since we had owned a house together and I was moving out of it, I decided to put everything I owned in storage and pack up a backpack and go travel around the world by myself for four months. Wow. So I just left on a solo backpacking trip, um, ended up in a lot of different countries, one of those being Egypt. That's where kind of serendipity brought me to a little perfumery in Egypt. And I found uh, some oils that I fell in love with, the scents, and started wearing them came back to the US, was wearing them all the time. People would ask me about them. 
when I started to run low, I went online to try and buy more and realized that they really just weren't readily available in the U.S. So I started the entire brand, Anakit, um, around papyrus oil, the, the scent of papyrus oil, and then brought in other fragrances as well that are either rare fragrances or just have kind of a historical following and created the entire brand. So it kind of happened by accident. Um, it came out of tragedy, but but ended up being a very happy accident. It's a very good story. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, very cool business too. Very unique. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really, it's it's not something that I had ever thought I would find myself in. I had worked in the skincare industry for a long time in the past, uh, but never really specifically with fragrances. And it's interesting that you can just kind of find passions in, you know, the most surprising places. Absolutely. So where does the name come from, Anakit? So Anakit is actually the Egyptian goddess of the Nile River. And since papyrus oil is our signature scent, uh, papyrus grows along the Nile River. And so I wanted to kind of give that nod back to Egypt and back to, you know, where papyrus comes from, because, you know, they're the ones that are providing this beautiful oil. I do source all of my oils from Egypt still, and then they're bottled in Tampa, Florida. Um, and so I really wanted to make sure that we were doing them that, that justice and kind of, you know, giving them that honor of uh, where the, the scents are coming from. That's awesome. I love that. Now, you mentioned that you have your signature scents. What other scents and oils do you offer? Yeah, so all of our scents are just pure essential oils, but they're kind of rare scents. And so they can be worn directly on the skin. Um, but they are really nice because they last a lot longer because it's a fragrance oil. So they're going to last a lot longer than like a traditional cologne or perfume that has alcohol and other additives. Um, so papyrus oil, like I said, is our signature scent, but then Egyptian musk and blue lotus oil are also the, my other two unisex scents. All three of those are, can be worn by both men and women. Uh, the musk and lotus have kind of a historical following. Like I was saying, they're really popular scents. Um, and so I wanted to bring those in because they are from Egypt as well. And, and then we also have Egyptian rose. We have mimos and we have Sakara. And those three are all floral, a little more feminine scents. Oh, how cool. So then what made you choose to want to have a unisex fragrance section? Because you see a lot of men's and women's, but I feel like unisex is very unique. Yeah, uh, I did that on purpose because I've always <laughs> liked men's fragrances. Oh, same. And, so, and I, I know a lot of girls that do, you know, they just don't want that floral feminine kind of scent. Um, and so I, I just thought to myself, you know, there's no reason why women can't wear these scents that have are a little more masculine as well. And no reason, of course, mm -hmm. why the men, men can't wear a more feminine floral sense too. Um, but it just, the unisex sense really in like historical Egypt, both men and women wore fragrances, but it was mostly men who wore the fragrances, believe it or not. And so especially like papyrus oil and musk. Um, the men wore those fragrances a lot. But then Cleopatra is one of the ones that kind of normalized women using essential oils and fragrances and everything. And so she was a user of the Egyptian rose and of papyrus oil and all of these oils to really bring about kind of that aphrodisiac quality that's in them and the beauty regimen that you can get out of these oils. And um, so I really wanted to, again, you know, give that nod to the fact that they were masculine scents but were worn by women as well. Very cool. I do have to say the signature scent, the papyrus oil, 
smells so good and both myself and my fiance love it. So I think we're going to be fighting over it. Awesome. I love it. I have a lot of couples who both wear it. And I love that because, you know, usually you wear a scent that you love. So, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the opposite sex, if that's who you're trying to attract, if they're going to love it too. So that's why I really love the papyrus oil because I love the smell of it, but my boyfriend loves the smell of it as well. And so because it's an aphrodisiac, it has that awesome kind of quality to, to, you know, pull the opposite sex in. Um, but the nice thing is that, you know, I'm, I'm, we're a very inclusive brand. And so I love the fact that, you know, anyone can wear these scents and um, really make them their own. And so that to me, that's, that's what's important is that fragrance can be very personal. Love that. What makes your fragrances like different from your competitors? What would you say? So the biggest thing is that we are the, that pure fragrance oil. They're all natural. So it's the only product in that bottle is that oil. I don't add alcohol. I don't add other additives. And honestly, that started just for myself because I had a really hard time wearing fragrances. I got headaches a lot from them. I know a lot of people who, you know, on their skin, if they have like eczema or anything that the alcohol that's in them can dry out their skin. Um, So I did it for selfish reasons to start with is that I just loved the scent and was able to roll just a little bit on and a little bit goes a long way. So you don't have to have a big bottle that has all those other additives in it too. It makes it a lot more travel friendly as well, since I'm a big traveler. Um, so it really just, for me, I was looking for something that was safe, you know, wouldn't cause headaches, didn't have that out al- the alcohol and other additives was, I could throw in my purse and take with me. Um, so I think that's the biggest difference, you know, is just that we don't have those additives. It is that pure oil and it's going to last so much longer on the skin because of that. I have customers that say that they'll wake up you know, the next day and their, their scent is still lingering. Oh, wow. I love that though. Yeah. It makes it, you get more bang for your buck for sure. Absolutely. I was yeah. just going to say that. <laughs> now, in your opinion, what is the importance of fragrance and how has it personally changed your life? Oh gosh. I, you know, I, I always loved scents in general. Scents, I don't know if most people aren't aware that, uh, the our sense that is most tied to a memory is scent. And so it's so easy for scent to kind of quickly take you back to a place like when you smell, you know, baking bread, it can take you back to your grandma's house or when you smell pumpkin, you know, this time of year, like it reminds you of Halloween or of Thanksgiving. And so it's just that kind of thing that, you know, one scent can just bring you back to a place so quickly. And I started to notice that certain places have signature scents. And my happy place, which is near the water, um, you can just smell like the salty air. I'm a Florida girl. I lived away from the ocean for too long and had to get back to Florida. And I I just realized how much that salty air made me happy. Um, And so it's just that kind of thing that once you realize that what it can do to your mood, um, you know, there's so many scents out there that have anti-anxiety benefits that help with, you know, calming that have that those aphrodisiacs that can waken you up like things like peppermint. And so there's just, Mm -hmm. it really can affect your, your mood. And so I realized, you know, that having like a signature scent and people smelling that and the reaction that people have whenever they smell papyrus oil for the first time. And it's just a really neat thing to realize how strongly that can, you know, or how quickly that can change um, kind of your mood or your memories bring you back to a special place. And so it's, I wanted to 
kind of spread that love, you know, especially when I found out that a lot of people had never smelled papyrus. I was like, what? This stuff's amazing. How do more people not know about this? And I hadn't smelled it before. Most people haven't. It's just not that popular in the US for whatever reason. And um, but it's amazing how many customers I have that find me online and, and reach out after purchasing and say, I am so glad I found you because I smelled papyrus oil while I was in Africa and I haven't been able to find it again since then. Oh, and wow. so it's really neat to fill that void, you know, for people that it takes them back to that trip as well. Um, and so it's, it's nice to be able to provide that to people. Absolutely. Yep. I can definitely think back to all the different fragrances that I've smelled and it can either bring me back to a happy memory or maybe a not so good memory, mm -hmm. but it's uncanny how you have that mm -hmm. connection between a scent and a memory. Absolutely. Do you think someone should have a signature scent and how do you go about choosing that scent? Should we stay within the same family? That's usually what I do. Or should you stay to a specific brand and the actual scent that you choose? So I personally believe there are no rules. <laughs> I think that <laughs> fragrance is so personal that you should be able to do with it what you want. Um, I do think it's kind of important to have a signature scent. It's amazing when, like I said, you know, when, when you wear a certain scent and somebody associates that with you. I mean, a lot of girls can probably think, you know, if they smell like a scent that their high school sweetheart wore or something, how it kind of takes them back to that time. Um, that kind of thing where, you know, somebody will remember you like Chanel. I think Chanel number no. five was one of the first that people kind of associated with that like signature scent idea um, mm -hmm. that Chanel wore. And so it, it's it's very personal. I don't think there are any rules. I don't think you have to stick with any family of scents. Um, I think it's wonderful to layer scents if you find multiple things that you like. Papyrus oil is just one ingredient um, that could be worn with a lot of other layers. And so sometimes layering maybe a woody scent with something more floral, uh, papyrus tends to be a very, is a very kind of fresh scent. And so, um, you know, maybe adding that with something a little bit more oriental to add some spice to it, you really can do that and play with it and make it your own. Or you can wear, you know, one single ingredient like I do and, um, you know, have that uniqueness to it as well. Nice. Yeah, I need to, I'm still trying to hone in on my signature scent. I tend to shift my scents based off the season. So I tend to go for more like Absolutely. fruity, tropical scents during summertime and then kind of like that musky, yeah. sexy scent during the colder months. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cuffing season, isn't that what they call it? You yes. know, when Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's cool too. The, the, I just live in Florida where we don't really have seasons. So <laughs> I wear the same scent year round for the most part. Um, Every now and then, though, you'll get me away from the papyrus and I'll wear some of the lotus oil or some musk or something, too. Yes. Now, your company's origins, it came from a pretty traumatic experience mixed with a very freeing, explorative journey all around the world. Now, what has your mental health journey taught you? So traveling, I believe, is just one of the best things you can do for yourself. And I've said it so many times before that it's the best investment you can make. Um, and I've always said that I believe that that trip saved my life because coming out of an abusive relationship, you know, it, you, you can be in a pretty bad place, a pretty rough place. And I was, yeah. um, I had lost a lot of self-confidence. I had been told for a long time, just kind of that people didn't like me or, 
you know, that I was too much. I'm sure we've, a lot of people hear that, you know, that they're too much. And I was too passionate about things. I was too opinionated. Um, and I just, I had lost a lot of that self-confidence. And when I decided to go travel, I just realized that going alone would mean that I would have to figure things out by myself, that it would remind me that I'm, you know, a solid person on my own, that I can do things by myself. Um, it's actually, it's freeing to go sit at a restaurant in Paris by yourself and eat dinner, um, to make friends all over the world. And it's so neat, you know, to now that I, I still have some of these friends that are in so many different countries. Um, and it, you just regain a lot of who you are because you can totally be yourself whenever you are, you know, in a new place they don't know anything about you. You know, it's, it's such a neat experience. And so I really encourage people, you know, to go travel to really understand other cultures, because it'll help you understand a lot more about yourself. And the US, we tend to live in our own little bubble over here. Definitely. Um, and, and I think that, you know, you realize that there's, it's just such a big world out there. And there's so much to offer, that it's really cool when when you can experience all of these other um, cultures and all of these other, you know, new people and new foods and new climates. And um, it's just, it's freeing. It's like you said, it's just freeing. And it really can help you get in a better mindset. It can help you understand yourself more when you start to understand other people's lives. Mm -hmm. You realize how lucky you are for the life that you have. No, that all makes sense. What changes or things have you done to like manage your mental health? Um, I'm a big believer in therapy. And I think that there is absolutely no shame in getting help and talking to somebody. That's, that's been one of the best things for me is to just to talk about it. Um, even stuff like this, you know, uh, I, I've talked about it like on a blog before I've talked about it on a podcast before I really believe that just especially when it comes to abusive relationships, women specifically don't talk about it enough. There's like some shame behind it. Um, and I think it's okay to come out and say, you know, I was in this relationship, this is what was happening. And, you know, it's not my fault. I, I stayed for longer than I should have, but that's also not my fault. Um, and it's amazing when I finally spoke up about it, how many people reached out to me privately and said, thank you. I've been in that situation before. I've never talked about it. I've never told anybody because I was scared to. Um, so I really believe that knowing that you're not alone. So seeking therapy, my therapists, you know, that I've worked with have, it's, it's wonderful. It's sad, but it's wonderful to hear them say, you know, what you went through was abuse. It, it validates that that what you went through, you know, wasn't all in your head, like your abuser often wants you to believe. Um, and so I, I really think that talking to somebody about it, um, if you are comfortable, you know, for me, this was four years ago, so I'm more comfortable now um, talking about it, you know, more publicly and people hearing my story. Um, because it it's, if I can just help a few people, you know, if, if even one person hears that and says, you know, what I'm experiencing isn't my fault, but it's also not okay. And it's not normal. And there are better options out there for me. 
Um, I'm in a beautiful relationship now. I have a fantastically supportive uh, partner who, you know, is understanding of what I've gone through and, and that's important. And so um, being, continuing to be true to myself um, and acknowledging what I went through and speaking to him about it as well, openly. Um, If I ever have any triggers, there's still some PTSD there. Um, I explained to him, that's what, you know, this is what this is. And thankfully he's supportive and it's, it's helped me a lot to move past and, and know that, you know, it's not always going to be like that with everybody that there are, you know, people out there who, who will not treat you that way. Um, And if they truly love you, you know, that's not love. Love doesn't call you names and tell you that you're, you know, you shouldn't be who you are. Um, And so really just talking about it with everybody, talking about it with a therapist, um, getting help when you need help. It's okay to do that. I agree. Yeah. And I think it's amazing that you have that built-in support system of having that very supportive boyfriend. And I hope that if some of our listeners are going through a similar situation, that this is almost their way of connecting with you and um, taking some of your, your tips away from this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and people are always welcome to reach out to me. Um, I'm always, you know, always offer a listening ear with that kind of thing. Um, if you need it, sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger. That's why I say, you know, therapy mm-hmm. is so helpful. Um, but, you know, if you have a friend or a family member that you trust, and especially if they ask you, you know, are you okay? Is anything going on? It's okay to be honest with them. Um, I realize that if you can't be honest with your friends and family about what's going on in your relationship, um, then there's probably something wrong there. And that doesn't mean that they have to know everything. There are some things are private in relationships and that's okay. Right. But if you're having to hide a lot of their, you know, your partner's behaviors, then that should be a red flag. Now, kind of switching gears, talking about goals and goal setting and achieving goals how do you inspire or motivate yourself to go after your goals? Like what are some things that you do to keep yourself inspired and motivated? Yeah. Uh, one of, <laughs> one of the quotes that I love um, is, you know, uh, living the, your best life or living a wonderful life is the best revenge or, you know, however that goes. <laughs> it, to me, it's so, like I said, I, it, my, my travels did happen because of, you know, a bad time in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, but my travels were amazing. And so getting to do that and hit some of those goals of, you know, I've now been to 20 countries. I've been to six continents, um, like hitting, hitting some of those goals, you know, my kind of bucket list travel goals, uh, that, that was huge. And so, you know, they say, what, make lemonade out of lemons, you know, you really do have to sometimes just find the silver lining in things and as cliche as it is. And, um, So I think that's one of my big things is just, I've always kind of been a self motivator, I have to prove it to myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm super uh, kind of a perfectionist and, and mostly competitive with myself, I think more than anything. And so I always want to be do a little bit better than I did, you know, last month or whatever it is. So for me, it's always just, you know, constantly reevaluating where you're at, what you're doing, and just setting that goal a little bit higher. Um, but then definitely celebrating, you know, the achievements in between, um, don't continue to put your goals out of reach to where you don't then realize that you've hit a lot of your goals in your life. Right. Uh, It took me a while 
to realize that, you know, going to 20 countries was a big deal. I shrugged it off like it was nothing. And then I started to talk to people about it and they were like, that's amazing. And I was like, you know what? That is cool. And I have to, it is amazing. Yeah, I have to own that. You know, it, it's, it, it's, you, you sometimes forget that the life that you're living is remarkable as well. So don't compare yourself to other people, but set goals just to improve your own life, not to compete with others. Oh, I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm noting all of this down because everything <laughs> you said just there about setting yourself new goals, but then forgetting to celebrate. I feel like I've done that a lot. And so taking that in, going to celebrate the little victories. Oh my gosh, you got to celebrate the wins. <laughs> I will pop a bottle of champagne for, for the tiniest reason at all. Like oh. some days it's just, you know, I... Like at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? I didn't murder anybody. Let's pop some champagne. It was that kind oh, of day, you know? <laughs> I need some champagne right now then. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Where have you traveled to? And can you tell us which trip was your favorite out of all of them? Oh, yeah, it's it's really hard to pick a favorite because some places are so different from other places. Um, so I always say I have kind of a... a top three or top five for different reasons. Uh, I've Of my 20 countries that I've been to, Australia is very, very high up on that list. It's just, it's just an amazing place. And the people, I've never met an Australian I didn't like. <laughs> they're, they're wonderful people. They have life figured out, it seems like. They're, they're just, they're not trying to keep up with the Joneses as much as, you know, we are, um, they really figured out that work-life balance. So they have all the, you know, modern, amen modern amenities that the States have. Um, right. But they're much more laid back about it. And so it's just really cool. Um, it's, it's a beautiful country with awesome people. So that's definitely on top of my list. And I tell everybody, you really need to go spend time over there. It's a huge country though. So you've got to go to a kind of spend a lot of time and go, you know, travel around the country to really see all the differences mm -hmm. because it's remarkable how unique each area is. What else? Singapore was a really interesting one. That's, that's sadly the only place in Asia mm -hmm. that I've been thus far. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really, really cool. It's beautiful, very, very clean city. It was definitely the cleanest large city that I've ever been in. Um, which is really neat to see that how they're able to accomplish that. Of course, I've got to say Greece because the islands are just stunning. Um, and and then Egypt is at the top of the list as well because there's no other place like it. The culture, the history, they were definitely, the Egyptians were definitely the most hospitable people that I've ever come across while traveling. They're so excited to share their culture with you. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's a really neat place. And I, I had a couple unique experiences there where I was able to go have dinner with a, a family um, one night just for their family dinner on a Sunday night. Uh, I had a friend that was Egyptian that some of her family still lived in Cairo. And so she, you know, introduced me to her cousin. So while I was there, her cousin said, well, if you want to come have dinner with the family, we'd love to have you. And I was like, I can't pass that up. You know, that's such a cool opportunity to get a home cooked meal from an Egyptian family. Like it was amazing. So just to sit around the dinner table with them and, and to realize, you know, how much we all have in common. It's a very different culture, but they're just another family like us, you know, it's, it's really neat. So mm -hmm. I, I tell people when you go places, try and experience the culture as much as you can, you know, to get off the beaten path a little bit, ask the locals where they go to eat. So you're not just in the touristy places. Um, 
you can really have a much kind of deeper experience that way. Yeah, I was going to say you have more memorable memories <laughs> rather yeah. than the touristy spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any tips for anyone who wants to travel solo like you did? Do it. <laughs> Just go do it. Figure it out. Do it. I, I feel like we make a lot of excuses, you know, for why we we like think we can't do it, why we think we can't afford it. Um, there's always a way start saving money now, find a way traveling can be pretty inexpensive, believe it or not. If you, you know, kind of plan ahead. Um, I, I did not plan ahead when I went on my four month trip. And so, um, I was kind of figuring things out as I went, which made it a little bit crazier. But if you plan ahead and look for deals, there are so many deals out there. Uh, while I was traveling part of the time I stayed in hostels, if you're traveling solo, hostels are amazing. Uh, I know that Americans kind of have a bad you know, view of them for some reason because we don't really have them here in the States. And so people are like, oh, what is that like? I Most of my friends that I made while I was traveling, I made in, in the hostels. Um, some of them were really, really nice. Um, you can even get a private room in a hostel, which sounds weird, but even that you'll still be in the common areas with other people who are traveling solo. I would be able to, you know, walk into one of the rooms and say, you know, with people, complete strangers and say, Hey, I was going to go grab dinner. Does anybody want to come with me? And five people will raise their hand and we'll all go get dinner together. And then I'm sitting, find myself sitting around the table, you know, in Italy with, you know, a German, an Italian, an American, a Canadian, an Australian, and the conversations are just wild. So, you know, make friends while you travel. Um, It's shocking how little you need while you travel. Uh, Anybody that knows me knows that I'm an overpacker, but I was able to make it four months in one backpack. Wow. Um, Yeah, it's, I, I will admit that I went shopping along the way and would send things back oh, home. Yeah, you have to. Because, you know, <laughs> you, you, I can't, like, I couldn't be in, in Egypt and not buy all of these oils. And then I couldn't carry around large boxes of oils with me. So I, you know, had to mail those home. But, um, but you know, there's so many, I, I read so many blogs and things about, you know, the best way to pack for this kind of thing. There's just so much free information out mm-hmm. there. So do your research um, pack a bag and just, and go figure it out. Oh man. That's so cool. Four months long and not planning, like you didn't have it thoroughly planned out. You just kind of went wherever was calling your name. I had no plans at all. I, I knew I wanted to start in Australia. Um, I, I flew out to California first, was there for a few weeks while I was kind of finishing up some things that I had to still be in the States for, you know, while I finished, um, and as soon as all that was done, I hopped on a plane to Australia and that is, it was, I had bought a one-way ticket and that was it. And I had booked my first night, you know, my first hotel, the first night, and that was it. From then on, I just kind of, you know, winged it the whole time. And I would ask people as I went, you know, what's, what, what's good around here? You know, mm-hmm. should I, what area should I be staying in um, so that I'm, you know, really walkable to everything I need to see? What, uh, what kind of restaurants should I eat at? What city is nearby that I should go to next? Um, and I just asked as I went and I'm glad I did because it like, that's how I found the perfumery in Egypt. You know, I was only going to go to Cairo while I was in Egypt. And while I was there, uh, the, the family that I had had dinner with said, you know, well, are you going on a cruise down the Nile while you're here? And I said, no, I hadn't planned on it. I was, you know, headed to, to Europe next. And they said, oh, 
you have to do a cruise down the Nile. Like that's where all the cool stuff is that you'll see even more temples. Um, that's where the, the Valley of Kings is. So where all the pharaohs you know, were buried and everything and where they found King Tut's, um, you know, burial where, where they found everything. I mean, and I hadn't even thought of it. And so I was like, oh, I can do that. And I booked a cruise on a, you know, river boat, a river cruise ship and, and went and got on this boat. And, uh, in one of the ports, my guide for the day who spoke Arabic for me, since I didn't speak the language, um, and, you know, was driving me around to take me to all these temples and everything. Uh, he was like, you know, do you want to stop at a small a perfumery? And I said, yeah, sure. Let's, that sounds fun. You know, I've never been to an Egyptian perfumery. Why not? Um, and it's, funny how those little moments can totally change your life because now I own a, a company, you know, and I based off of, I still get my oils from that perfumery in Egypt. That wow. is so cool. So starting up a business, I mean, that's very impressive. And I imagine that it takes a lot of work behind the scenes to create your own business. Now, what was that process like? And what were some of the bigger challenges that you faced? Um, so I, like I said, I traveled four years ago and my business is actually only a year old. So it took me three years to really decide that a, that I could do this, <laughs> you know, that, mm-hmm. that I could build an entire brand um, around this idea. Um, but just the amount of people that kept complimenting me on the papyrus oil, I finally realized, you know, I've got to figure this out. And so about two years after my trip is when I started the process uh, I trying to contact the perfumery that was over there. Egypt does not have mm-hmm. all the same systems in place like we do. Um, right. They're not as developed of a country. So just email and packages. I mean, even when I still get my shipments, the return label literally says on it, remote location, Egypt. So, it's, <laughs> you know, you're, you're really, it, it was a process just to figure out how to, you know, work with this perfumery to get these products here. Um so that was one of the, the biggest challenges at first was just setting that process in place to work with them to to exchange money. They don't have PayPal. They don't easily take credit cards. It's it's a very different system. Um, mm-hmm. Once I finally got that in place, uh, figuring out, I set up all of my branding and everything myself. Um, I really wanted it to be me. You know, it, I really wanted this to be my baby, and so mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to hand over the reins to a professional, quote unquote, you know, that, that could come develop my branding and my logo and our colors and our mood boards and all that kind of stuff. And so I just took the time, you know, to, to develop what I wanted. And then I completely threw all that out and started over at one point. Um, Luckily, it was before I had created my website. Uh, But I got some feedback from some friends that said, you know, this is awesome. But, you know, it's not, it's not you. And I was like, you know what, you're right. I said, it's, it's, I was trying too hard to go in one direction that wasn't me. Um, And so I switched gears. And it is what you see today. Now it's all, you know, our colors are black and gold. um, And I call it champagne, because I'm a a bubbly girl. But um, all these colors that to me are very just kind of that luxurious feel because I want people to really understand how luxurious these products are. You know, when, when you're talking about Cleopatra using them thousands of years ago, you know, that this is, these are products that really have a lot of history. Um, and 
so developing a whole brand around it and making sure, like I said earlier, that I really honored where this was coming from, um, I, that I honored their culture. My logo is kind of a, a depiction of a papyrus leaf because the, you know, the papyrus oil is always going to be the root of you know, where we started with the company, even as we continue to have more fragrances and develop new products and everything. Um, I just don't ever want to forget where that came from. And so I try really hard to make sure that I'm honoring the Egyptian people with this, that I'm, you know, doing them, you know, giving them the credit that they deserve um, for finding these oils, for making these oils and, and um, giving me the chance to show them, you know, to the rest of the world and um, have other people experience things that they've long enjoyed. Love that. Love that. So is there any tips that you would give to someone that is starting their own business or is thinking about starting their own? Yeah, it's just have a plan, you know, sit down and start to kind of map out what it is you want to do. Who are you trying to serve? Um, I think a lot of people go into it just, you know, kind of a how can I make money thing. Um, But if you don't have a passion about it, and if it's, if you're not trying to serve other people, then, you know, you're you're only going to get so far with it. Um, some of my favorite things are getting reviews back from customers. You know, I, I love hearing customers say that, you know, I had one recently that said, um, you know, I've been wearing the same fragrance since 2005 and I just tried papyrus oil for the same, for the first time. And it is now a hundred percent my new fragrance. So hearing stuff like that, you know, you, you've got to make sure that you are doing it for the customers So if you're developing a business, sit down and figure out how you can serve somebody else. Um, I, my passion grew because this was finally fragrances that I could wear that weren't giving me headaches. So I knew that there had to be people out there who also wanted a natural alternative, um, you know, that didn't have the the alcohol in it that can sometimes cause those headaches um, or, or cause dryness on the skin. And, and so I, I knew that if I was having that issue with fragrances, other people had to also. Mm-hmm. So I, I found a, you know, a niche of this papyrus oil that nobody had really heard of. So it does take some education, you know, explain to people what it is. Um, but I knew if I could just get it in front of people that they would love it as much as I did and that I would be helping them enjoy something, you know, that they could benefit from. Um, beyond that, you know, I've bootstrapped my entire business myself. I've never taken on investors or, um, or, or any kind of loans or anything yet. <laughs> we're early. We're only a year old. Um, but it's really been a process of, you know, figuring things out on my own. I truly believe that if you're going to own a business, you need to know how the entire business works, every side of it. Um, I do have fabulous um, interns that have a you know marketing team that are amazing, but I made sure that I knew how to do everything that they were doing before I ever assigned anybody else a task. I never want to hand off work that, you know, I don't myself know how to do or at least try and understand. Um, Because I've been in in positions before I've been had jobs before where my boss just didn't understand what I was doing. And it's frustrating, right? Right. And so I never wanted to be that boss. So I think it's important to understand all aspects of a business Yes, before you ever bring in anybody else um, so that you really know what you're asking of others and 
if you need to wear the hat, you can wear it. I wear 20 hats a day sometimes, you know, doing all different tasks. Um, but I think that's important to really know every side of it and to be able to then, you know, as you continue to grow, because my business is growing and I need help now, you know, so as you continue to grow, then you can pass off things and delegate things with confidence. I think it's so easy for people to kind of get bottlenecked in parts of the business that they enjoy and kind of pawn off the work that they're not necessarily fond of on someone else. But like you Mm -hmm. said, having some sort of basic knowledge on all facets of the business Mm -hmm. is definitely key, especially in situations where you're not going to have someone stepping in to fill that void and you're the owner. Here Mm -hmm. you go. Step up. (laughs) Yeah. I watch a lot of like business shows and things. One of them that I love, my boyfriend introduced me to, it's called The Prophet. Um, And Marcus Limonis, he's a brilliant entrepreneur. And, you know, he goes into these businesses to help, you know, businesses that are that are failing or just struggling in some way. And it's amazing how many times he gets in there and the owners, you know, he starts asking the owners all these different questions about, well, how is this work? Or how does this work? Or what are your numbers? You know, how much are you selling? And the owners just don't know. And, and it makes you realize, you know, how much you, you really, if you're going to own a business, you need to know everything that's going on in it. It's really important to have your hands in a little bit of everything. That doesn't mean micromanaging, mm-hmm. but understanding everything that's happening, you know, so that you can, otherwise you're never going to grow. You know, if you understand everything that's happening, you can truly continue to expand your business in, in, in ways that will make it the most helpful to your customers, but also still the most profitable. Because if you're not profiting, you're not going to stick around for those customers anyway. Right. Are there any new products you can tell us about aside from what you currently have? Yeah, we have um, a few things launching next month that I'm really excited about. So I'll give you Ooh. give you some teasers, um, but I'm not going to spill all the beans. We do have a collaboration with a, um, a hair company. So We have that product will be coming out hopefully the first or second week of November. So we're getting really close. Um, That's a really exciting collaboration. I just had a meeting um, with the 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 stylist who is developing their products, um, and I think it's going to be a good one. So I'm excited for that. We have a beard oil coming out. Oh, nice! That's going to have a couple of our scents in them because I think guys. I'm, I love teaching guys how like about self care and how to better take care of themselves because <laughs> so many gl- guys neglect so much, so many things that, you know, if you hand them a product that they can be excited about that if it smells really good and it's intriguing to them. Um, and I'm hoping that that's, you know, our beard oil, I, I've put a lot of thought and effort into the, the development of the product um, to help them. So We've got that coming. And then I'm also developing some products right now for the home because I really believe that, you know, our home is our sanctuary. Scents in the house are really important. And so diffusing oils and linen sprays and those kind of things um, to bring the scents into our home because our customers just keep asking for it. And so I've, I've got to make them happy. So I'm working on those right now too. Yeah, those sound like very exciting adventures that are going to be added into your product portfolio. Yes. I hope so. Owning your own business, that can take a lot of time. So what does a typical day look like for you? And how do you keep the balance between your work life and your personal life? Oh, goodness. I, um, (laughs) well, I'm a Gemini. So if you know anything about Geminis, and this is like, I don't know a lot about all of the signs and everything, but I have been told over and over in my life that I am your typical Gemini, which apparently means um, that it's kind of the twins. And so it's, 
like a dual personality of work hard, play hard. And Mm -hmm. again, work hard, play hard is totally cliche, but it is something that I, looking back, my life has been kind of the epitome of that. Um, I'm an, I'm your typical perfectionist overachiever, but then, like I said, at the end of the day, I'm popping that bottle of champagne to celebrate what I've accomplished. (laughs) So my days can be crazy busy. Sometimes I did a sneak peek, like a behind the scenes of one of my days not long ago on Instagram. And it was, you know, I had, um, ABC action news at my house to do a segment, you know, from our home office, um, on our growing business. And then I, you know, was in one of our retail shops that carries the products to drop off product to them. Um, I was doing a, a kind of like this, a presentation online to, um, you know, some other business owners that I could collaborate with. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot of that kind of stuff. You know, I, I'm constantly trying to get the word out about the business because we are a small business and word of mouth is definitely the best way for us to grow. Um, mm-hmm. So I do a lot of that. Um, and it's just, kind of that uh, my days are exciting. You know, it's, it's one thing after another. Um, they tend to fly by because I'm so busy wearing all those hats and getting all these things done and, um, you know, trying to develop new products while I'm, you know, helping my marketing team while I'm, you know, setting up new, uh, new collaborations for us and, and all these things. So, um, it's they're they're busy days, but at the end of the day, I definitely kick my feet up and relax with my sweet boyfriend and his daughter, and and I'm able to to kind of turn it off sometimes, you know, and and take a break because that work life balance is needed. Otherwise, you burn yes. out, and and you got to love what you're doing. And and right now, I absolutely love what I do. So that's awesome to hear. What do you do? when you're not working and you just want to take care of yourself? I wish I was better at meditating, but um, my mind just moves too fast. It's really hard for me to slow down my mind sometimes. So I'm not the best at that. I'm more of, like I said, I love the the beach, the ocean water. Um, just being near water is very, very soothing for me. So if I can, you know, go for a bike ride down by the water, um, exercise is always a great way to blow off some steam for me. Anything where I'm kind of moving around, I don't sit still very well. Um, so being able to move around for me is, is a lot of fun. Um, I used to dance a lot. Unfortunately, my dance classes were shut down because of the pandemic, but I'm hoping to get that, you know, going again. Um, so really I like things that, that, like I said, I just don't sit still well. So anything where I can kind of move around music, dance, working out, anything like that is, is therapy for me as well. We love all of those. Was there anything that we did not cover during this chat that you'd like to add or discuss? No, you guys are amazing. Your, your questions are awesome. And it's, it's really a pleasure to, to be able to continue to speak to other women who are giving, especially women entrepreneurs, a voice. Um, yeah. it, it, that's a big deal to us because it's, you know, we, small businesses, you know, they're are struggling right now. It's really hard mm-hmm. um, in this current economic climate to keep a business alive. And so any chance we get to kind of tell our stories and talk directly to potential, you know, to customers and to other women that maybe want to start businesses to encourage them to follow their dreams, you know, it's, that's, that's a big deal. So what you guys are doing is amazing here. Thank yes, you. Thank you. So then where can we tell our listeners to go to learn more about you and your business? Yeah, we are on um, all the socials as at Anakit Luxury. 
and I'll spell Aniket for you since I know it's a unique one. It's A-N-U-K-E-T. So at Aniket Luxury um, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Pinterest, and that's also our website, AniketLuxury.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure having you on our show. Oh, it was wonderful to be here. You ladies are doing a fantastic job. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and share our podcast. Everything will be linked in the show notes below. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Peace.